0: Hi, my name is RJ Kozane, and you are tuned into to another episode of PGH Art Talk as part of pghmuseums.org's Artist Interview Series. We take an artist of any medium, sit them down in a chair, preferably in their studio, be wherever they want, and we talk about whatever's on my mind, whatever's on their mind. And this episode, I talk to Steve Pierce, who is a contemporary neopop artist with a focus on graffiti. And we start the conversation pretty much where the conversation should be started, coffee. Thank you for having me. Yes, and thank you for the coffee as well. (laughs) Episode two was Zach Brown, and he's the only artist I know that does not drink coffee. Yeah. So uh, I need to know how many cups you consume. That's going to be a common question that we ask now.
1: I, I usually can drink a pot of coffee. It's about 12 cups okay throughout the day not like at once (laughs) i would hope not at once buzzing painting the walls as you have but i can also i can also drink a pot of coffee and go to sleep too like that doesn't affect me that to the point where it keeps me up
0: so i've heard that too i'm still at the point now where i drink and i'm buzzing along like this half cup i'm ready to go (laughs) so when it gets to the point where i've had so much caffeine that i fall asleep i think i'll just be very sad about that yeah 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 yeah, but it didn't stem from coffee. We started talking about drinking paint before the interview even began, and it stemmed from there. I'm pretty sure we were dipping my brush in all day long. Pretty
1: sure that um, every artist is drinking paint.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How does paint taste? Are we rolling? Because that's the first question. <laughs> I'm guessing that's a yes. Everything's Hi. recording, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't get the answer to that question, so if you know what paint tastes like, and I hope that you don't, but if you do, let me know. What I did get was a lot of insight into the creative process that Steve puts into his work. He's a live painter too, so we talk a lot about the events that he's gone to and how he approaches that medium. There's an upcoming exhibition, so we approach that too, and you're going to want to stick around for this. Graffiti is fascinating. And right after a message from the sponsor, we're going to get into it. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. But we're here. We're in your apartment right now. Mm -hmm. And um, the first thing I noticed when I walked in are the walls that are painted. Product of boredom or how did Uh, that come about?
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's boredom and it's also um, experimental practice. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's a combination of both.
0: Okay. Yeah. Right. We have all of the Pittsburgh areas up on the yeah. sign right here, which is very nice over here. We have Pittsburgh. There's a, a bunch of stuff and I'm, I'm just loved walking in and just the art is strewn about the apartment. I'm sure it's very good for the creative process. Yeah, it
1: is. It is. Um, you, you, you have to be influenced and motivated to, to, you know, work. Yeah. Um, you know, some people use, like, music. And um, when I'm painting, I usually have the TV on. I have a book open. Um, I might have music on, too. Um, I like a lot of white noise, a lot of, like, like, I like to watch TV, but, like, put something meaningless on, something that like a, like a sitcom or a cartoon or even, like, a football game or something. Yeah. Like, something I don't have to pay attention to. But it's in the background and I'm, I'm listening to it, you know, as I paint. And then um, occasionally, oh, cool,
0: you know, like they score a touchdown or something, you know. Um, Which I'm extremely envious about because when you work in music, it's, you can't really have distraction because you're listening to it. So a lot of the times I'll be listening to music and I have to fight to turn it off. Well, the thing
1: the thing stuff. with me is I don't really like listening to music when I work because when I listen to music, I want to listen to music. Yeah. You know, sure. I wanna I wanna sit down and read the liner notes and read the lyrics and like I'm happy take, someone take still wants to do this. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 plus I listen to vinyl records. Me too. And so I don't wanna flip records with pain on my hands.
0: From here we seg right into the first medium that Steve works with that I saw when I was researching him, which was records.
1: Yeah, I um I, I, I got a box of records that because people gave came to me, you know, oh, you listen to records, so they gave me these box of records, and they're not real good. They're they've been you know stored wrong, they're scratched up, they're beat yes. up. So I I would take them and spray paint them and then paint on them and and sell them. But I need to make more. I just haven't gotten around to it. <laughs>
0: you have to get some more ruined records. I have
1: more ruined records. I just haven't gotten a chance <laughs> to paint the paint the records. I've been doing other things. So When you
0: run out of those, just call me. I have about awesome. like 20 awesome. I can give them two Good deal. An anecdote about that, I have a lot more than 20 records to give Steve Pierce. For Record Store Day, a local store in the area, which will remain unnamed, decided to give boxes of records away for free on Record Store Day. People were lined up blocks for this, me included. When I got up there, I took my box, I carried it, and it was full. Up a hill, probably a quarter mile to my car, my arms about fell off. And when I got home, it was full of scratched up Christmas records. So Steve, if you're listening to this podcast, and I hope that you are, you can have that entire box except the Carpenter's Christmas album. That is mine. I play it every year. This goes right into the kind of art that Steve creates from here, which is contemporary neopop art, graffiti pop art. Right next to him is a piece of art that he has started, and it's just the background, and it's very what you expect from graffiti, only extremely detailed and layered, and we just start talking about what really what he makes, what it is. Uh, you have described your art as contemporary neopop, graffiti pop, were you always in that kind of like genre of the painting or how did you get into graffiti work? No, I,
1: I started off very contemporary fine art or, you know, just kind of just all over the place doing different mediums, different, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but then I started to just venture into this. Um, I thought it was more enjoyable. It's more, it's more imaginative. Um, it's more free. Yeah. Um, you know, I can, my, I love using my imagination, especially like when I do like a lot of the Pittsburgh East stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I can just, it doesn't matter. I can just run with it. I, can, I take that word, you know, and play off of that word. Um, there's a p- piece over there later I'll show you about, but, um, I just, um, yeah, it's just more creative, more, you know, free. You know?
0: Yeah. And when you're making like pop art, pop music, pop art, you're always kind of looking toward like culture and Mm -hmm. things that are pretty immediate and then taking them, making them pretty creative ways, Mm -hmm. such as like the Pittsburghese and the sign in everywhere. I I don't know what we're going to show in the B-roll of this interview, but there's so much and everything is pretty, pretty big and larger than life and um, maximalist. Do you, are there certain things beyond like the Pittsburghese and the Pittsburgh area, which is a common theme in your work that you draw from, whether it's pop culture or something that the masses consume or think of?
1: It, (laughs) It's kind of just something that I usually just work off of something that comes out of my head mm. um, Some of it might be um, related to politics, some of it might be satire some of it might be you know just whatever kind of thought just comes to my head. I don't even like really do any kind of sketches or any kind of um you know preliminary uh, any kind of like any kind of sketches or anything I just mm. um, just kind of just go with it. Um, cool. and it's a lot of times too like I'll do something like this which is I'll, I'll do, do the background and I'll stare at it for a couple days to figure out what I want to put on it like I'll, I'll just start spraying and then I'll be like okay now what am I going to do with this and I actually, actually where I'm at right now with this piece I was just going to ask you yeah do you know what you're going to do with that yet <laughs> um I think so I think so
0: I think so is a common answer to any artist but specifically artists who have Jobs or other priorities that take precedent over the creation of what's what they do. Uh, Steve is no exception, and neither am I. And we go pretty deeply into that, and also what it means to basically market yourself and how do you how do you put things out into the world after you've carved out those small spaces in the day that you have to make and complete what you've done.
1: Yeah, so it starts off like this. Nice. And then, I, and then I, I might not even know. Sometimes I'll get an idea, like if I'm at work or something, and I'll and I'll just keep thinking about that idea all the all time. time, all yeah. day. And then when, and I'll just make a beeline home, and and just create, I've done the like, same. Like, thing. I can't do nothing
0: until I do mm-hmm. that. You know, no, you clock out. I write it down because I forget what I'm doing all of the time. And as soon as I'm done, dog goes out, dog goes back in. I'm in the studio and I'm just working until yeah. it's out.
1: Yeah. You can't are,
0: control that. Yeah. At all.
1: Yeah. There's, yeah,
0: when you get a good idea, it's... It's there and you have to pounce on it. I have to it. do it, right. Yes. Yeah. And uh, mine are once a blue moon. I'm not sure how often yours are. But when they're there, it's it's a great little nugget to have during the day. Yeah. yeah. And usually,
1: too, that means um, other things start falling Coming into Always. It. Like, there's there's times where I'll do a span of like 12 pieces in two weeks. And then yeah. there's times where I won't do anything. Like, right now, actually, I haven't really worked on too much stuff.
0: Me neither. It's
1: depressing. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's like the weather and, yeah. you know, it gets dark at four o'clock. <laughs> yes. But, um yeah. But there's times where I'll just knock out a bunch of stuff and, and there's times I don't do anything. Yeah, it's and it's okay.
0: Yeah, it is okay. It yeah. doesn't feel like it's okay when it's like a famine for me. But, but uh, I think
1: a lot of people. I think a lot of people are like a lot of creatives. I think they're scared to take breaks. I think they're you know everybody. We got this thing that like we, we gotta constantly post on Instagram. We gotta constantly post. Gotta constantly. It on is social a media. Fast social world media now. is like, you know, people. It, it's, it's good and it's bad, you know? Like, you, you think that you have to keep posting stuff, dude. Like, and yes. that's not true. That's it, not true. It is
0: so immediate yeah. and it's so disposable, too, that, like, you do have to keep posting to keep up with it. But at the same time, what you're posting yeah. just will get buried in a couple of hours, yeah. anyhow. So you, you don't really always have to do it, I suppose. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely changed from since Instagram and Facebook have blown up. Like, everyone on the grandmother is on it. For the art world, for the better or the worse, I don't I don't even know. Do you working in a musical medium, it's it's pretty sketchy as opposed to what it's doing to help, but in like an artistic medium, do you feel like it's helping? Do you feel like Um, yeah, I think
1: in like Instagram's one of the best things for visual artists. Okay. You know. We can post our our paintings and stuff, and I I, I think Instagram works well for visual artists. Um, probably not so much for music musicians and stuff like that, but right. for visual
0: art, definitely visual definitely. for sure. Okay, so I found the silver lining there. Sometimes yeah. I'm just scrolling and it's so like dismal to me because it's, but yeah. then I see something like this. I just followed you like a couple of days ago, and I just scrolled forever. Yeah. Didn't stop till I hit the bottom. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and I, I do that with most of the artists that I find, just because it's, it's all there, and the work is just like right in front of you. Like, it,
1: like it's, it's gotten to the point with Instagram with visual arts that a lot of us don't even have um, websites. I mean, I have mm-hmm. one, but I'm I'm fading it out. Okay. Um, and a lot of people use their Instagram to show off their work. You yeah, know, and that's like if a client comes up to me and says, you know, where can I see some of your work? I instantly Instagram is right there. Yeah, point them right to Instagram. Yeah. And, and I have a website and I don't even like the, tell people, because, well, number one, it hasn't been updated in a while, but right. I'm trying to phase it out because I don't think I get a lot of visitors there anyways. So I don't, mm. I think that's kind of a, it's going away with the dinosaur, I think with, It's so much more easier when you just
0: have an app and you click it and you can go where you want. Yeah,
1: you got the app right there on your phone, you know. Yeah. I mean, you could, I have it set up to where you can go, you can visit my email or my um, web. The Instagram, the website. Yeah, you can do that, but yeah, I'm fading that out.
0: But enough about the artist struggle. We are here to talk about what Steve does and jump right back into the mediums because there's a lot of things that he works with. You've worked not only with records that we brought up. I just went down a list of what I saw as I was scrolling. It was like canvas, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, glass ornaments you just did for Ian Smith and Mr. Smalls mm-hmm. the last week or so.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, Bowling pins, ukuleles, growler bottles, spray cans. What makes you choose the medium that you're working in? Is um, it just whatever you're grabbing at the time?
1: I mean, well, first of all, anything can be painted, right? Uh, yes, um, and number two, um, basically to try to kind of save the planet, you know, and try to reuse and repurpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I got in this big thing about like reusing and repurposing. So I try to repurpose my spray cans, repurpose, um, you know, the old records and, and you know, there's bowling pens. I get those at a local bowling alley. And it's, they actually, what's really nice is they actually do a lot to try to recycle those. Mm -hmm. So they'll either send them back to the manufacturer and they'll recycle them and bring them back into more bowling pins or they'll uh, donate them to gun ranges or, like, artists like me that come up. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. But I always, like, I made a sculpture um, a couple years ago that was all out of, like, bed framing and, you know. Cool. So, yeah. it's, like, I just, like, the the whole reuse and recycle bit of that.
0: Yeah. You know? Do you do a lot of sculpture work? Because that's one thing I could not find.
1: I don't, but I'm actually trying to get into it. Um, okay. I made, Like, I made one sculpture, and it was awesome. It went, like, out of the bed bed uh, post and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Was
0: that, what was that, Yin's Fest? Oh,
1: well, Yin's yeah, uh, Fest, I did a cactus sculpture okay. out of spray cans. Very nice. Um, and... I like glued spray cans together, made a little cactus out of them. But I need a, I need a. It was a test, you know. I want, mm. um, I need to find a stronger glue because it didn't stay together. It stayed together for a while, but it, it eventually just kind of enough fell for the fast. I would hope definitely for the fast, it would stay together. But um, I need to find a it different. It's not so. I'm still working on them, but it actually looks pretty cool. So nice.
0: As you can hear, Steve Pierce works in a lot of different forms, and I'm so happy that I have the privilege to interview him and other artists like him. This is PGHR Talk, a part of PittsburghMuseums.org, where I sit down with an artist and interview them about whatever we want to talk about that particular day. Thank you so much for listening, sharing, recommending who we should speak to, and thank you so, so much to our members who signed up, 20 bucks, and we get you some perks on top of it. We're completely volunteer-ran. So any kind of support that you can give, we'll take it. Right now, if you become a member, you get a certain percentage off access to galleries, museums, classes up there as well that you get a percentage off of. We're growing, so we're starting out and kind of building from there. And a lot of galleries, museums hopped on board, and we can't thank them enough either. All of this means that we get to interview artists like Steve Pierce and God knows who else in the future. And I'm just so, so, so thankful to everyone who's done this. If you want to sign up again, it's $20. It's at pghmuseums.org. There's a membership button. Go ahead and hit it. You'll see some information and uh, some extra stuff too. Steve dissects one of the paintings that he's done. Hopping right back into what we talked about, though, in this conversation. We circled to and from the general subject of graffiti a lot, and this is the start of that. So we do a lot of graffiti work here. Obviously, graffiti pop is a, a genre that we've heard affiliated with you before. Um, I'm interested in when you're doing a piece, because we talked about how it just you'll do the background and then what comes up, comes up mm-hmm. later. Graffiti is very polarizing because his messages are not as polarizing now, but when it first started out in yeah. the 80s and it aligned with hip-hop and it was a whole big thing mm-hmm. um, because it's so loud and so in your face. And even a piece that's behind you, it's it's loud and it's not even complete yet. Yeah. So when you're eventually getting the idea that you want to put down, are you mindful of like, the message that the piece is going to bring at the end. Because I saw there were two pieces on the website um, that is no longer being updated that often. <laughs> but there, there were two that were, like, polar opposites for me that I wrote down. Um, one was just, like, a, a, heart, just a heart beating, and I don't remember the name of it. But the other one was very striking, and I think on the next line down it was Red Sky... A burger with uh, a little flag in it that's said football, and then uh, a black fist raised in handcuffs. So yeah. you have that one. That
1: piece is actually called "America the Beautiful." Yes, and it burnt. It burnt. My, my my. I lost my um, last studio. It caught on fire. Yeah, so that was one of, that. The, one of the pieces I lost. But yeah, that was called "America the Beautiful." And yeah, some of the pieces I do do have a message that I'm trying to. Uh, portray mm-hmm. but um and some of them are just fun and whimsical and just being silly i like to do silly stuff too but there are pieces that i'm trying to you know send a message to or get some type of point of view um and that was that was definitely one of them that, that you know it was kind of um kind of satire-ish kind of for sure yeah you know,
0: um, I did laugh until I took a, a closer look cuz I just yeah. saw the burger and I was like how american is this Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Um, I so there's pieces out there that I you know want to send a message and then there's pieces sure. that I have no idea like it's I mean art is to be interpreted by the viewer anyway. For sure. So.
0: And the viewer has something to see pretty soon. Steve has a solo exhibition coming up that is a work in progress right now. And hopefully it's up in the spring at a venue. We get into that and just dive knee deep into graffiti and stock cars and graffiti task force that are still somehow put in place in 2020. Uh, a lot of this was news to me and there's a uh, pretty long stretch of just fascinating information. And if it's anything to go by, this exhibition, just based on what we're hearing, is going to be absolute dynamite. Rolling
1: Stock Graffiti and Rust. Yes. Um, it's a solo, um, solo uh, uh, exhibition that I'm currently working on.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and it's about the it's basically about the relationship of graffiti and trains. Mm. Um, when I first started getting into graffiti, I started studying the trains that are have a lot of graffiti on them. And I kept looking at them and just studying the art and then started to realize that I actually started to really fall in love with the trains themselves. Yeah. You know? And so then I started to actually, like, see – you know, just watch the trains. I'll go to, go through the woods and watch trains. And I would study looking at trains and studying trains. And so this event is going to be, that's what this exhibit's all about. It's about trains and graffiti and like, because it, it has a rich history, trains and, and graffiti, you know, mm. starting from the subway cars in New York city, you know, to regular freight cars um and the thing about the freight what's interesting about the the graffiti on the freight cars mm-hmm. is um now if you did it on subways, they want to get rid of it. They wanna
0: Right away. You know, yeah. And,
1: uh, so many people but back that. in the eighties and stuff, they the security wasn't as good as it is now. So people would jump the fences and go in the in the in the rail yards and you know have a have yeah. a blast. Yeah. yeah. Um so but New York is like very they. That's a piece in New York that the city is trying to, you know, sweep under the rug. Even now, yeah, they that's, they they, they, yeah. they are. Um, I, th- I think there's some people that are starting to appreciate it mm-hmm. as an art form instead of vandalism. Um, but a lot of New York tries to hide that error, that side, and like they frown upon upon it,
0: you know. That's always so surprising to me. Every time I see either like a a city or I read David Lynch's autobiography. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with this work at all? Yeah, a little bit. And he grew up in Philadelphia, always brings it up in interviews, loves the city. And I was reading. And his films have like a very industrial kind of look to them, um, like buildings. And I don't even know how to describe it, really. You just have to fall into the Lynchian hole one day. Mm -hmm. If you don't know who David Lynch is, go. Um, but he he brought up, like, as time went on and progressed through the 70s, it was a, a great aesthetic for his work. And as soon as the graffitis kind of, like, moved in and really started that movement, it, he just wanted out. And that was so strange to me that another artist would even say, graffiti's kind of, like, ruining some stuff. Like, I get it from the aesthetic, it's not good for mm-hmm. what you're filming anymore, but it was just such a strong opinion and just having strong opinions about graffiti is just very, very strange to me to have in 2019. Like, I get... When you get something new and it's bombarding a city, it's it's very like, oh, you should stop that. But in 2019, just hearing that, mm-hmm. New York is still trying to sweep graffiti under the rug. Mm-hmm. Unless Banksy comes I mean, and invades the city. Yeah, but, that's
1: the thing. Well, we're even doing it here in Pittsburgh. There's a graffiti task force. You know? And the thing about, like... A lot of times... You know, people are putting throws on, you know, abandoned buildings, you know, You're bandos. Sure. Yeah. And they're getting busted for it, right? Mm-hmm. But nobody does nothing to this building. It just sits there and rots to the ground. Nobody yeah. buys it. Nobody up keeps it. Nothing, you know. So what's the difference with having, like, broken walls and shattered glass and, like, boarded up windows who, who who cares if there's you know paint on it? Like, right. Like God wh- forbid someone makes something like how, how art does, out of does, something. How does how does an eyesore get even more of an eyesore with with graffiti on it? Shouldn't it be the opposite? It is an the eyesore opposite. you paint it and it looks better, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, so there's I, I if they're gonna have a graffiti task force and they want to stop graffiti, then build up the areas, get rid of these banded buildings mm-hmm. put something there you know because a, a, a real uh a real graffiti writer won't mess with you know built normal uh, livable buildings you know right um if you're a real writer you're not gonna vandalize uh people's property unless it's like i mean there's a band of buildings like you know train hustles, but yeah. you know what i mean like um,
0: there, there's a difference though yeah. if someone turns that abandoned building into something else hopefully they hire graffiti artists to do a mural but right, I mean right. no well you've really
1: seen a lot of that, that actually. you
0: are it's you're seeing that refreshing the, like, in, in Pittsburgh
1: with the whole art scene in Pittsburgh it's, yeah. it's on the come up you know and and I think what's helping that is all these different collectives are putting visual art and music together and now we're even expanding to poetry dancers comedians you know, yes. um, and, and and putting it all in, in events. So that's really bringing it to light, you know. And people are starting to appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. They're starting to see it. It's, being, it's more in people's faces, and they're actually starting to recognize it as an art form and not vandalism. But me personally, it's both, okay? For sure. You know, because it is illicit, so therefore it's vandalism, you know, and it is not your property. Right. But it's also art, you know.
0: Um so yeah the mixture of art painting with different mediums is something that the Pittsburgh area has really been putting forth and really advocating for I would say uh, th- there's art on night there's collectives and I- I'm seeing just from going out into the music scene so many different visual artists and DJs pairing with acts and uh, painters live painting on the stage while an artist is up there doing whatever with their music. And it's very, it is refreshing, truthfully, to see. Uh, we just dive right into that. Steve's done so many things with, and been at so many events that uh, there's no one better in the area that I can think of off the top of my head to talk to you about this stuff. You've been, I just, there's so much that you've done. You've been at Mr. Smalls, Rex Theater, Yinzfest, mm-hmm. Fest, Milba Music Festival, First Friday on Ben Avenue, HIPAA Flashlight Factory, album release shows, everywhere. Are you always live painting and like fusing that when you're at these events? Or what do you do if we um, see you so out of the
1: Some of the events I'm live painting. Some of the events I'm just displaying and selling art and... Um, and then uh, some of the events I'm I'm doing both, mm-hmm. and um, I'm also I also curate a lot of the events. Um, I started um, full time curating for Wake Up on Fire Productions, which does a lot of shows actually f- with Mr. Smalls and Mr. Smalls presents. Um, they have a really good um, relationship with them, so we do a lot of shows with them, and I curate all the visual artists for those shows um but yeah i i do a lot of festivals i do a lot of shows every year and actually this this past year well this year in 2019 was the first year i went without having to um sign up for anything people hit me up you know which is always great. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, I, I I probably did, what, 25, 30 shows, I think, this year. And not one of them I signed up for. It was all networking and people that reaching out. Is hey, impressive. come live stream with
0: me. Hey, come do this. Yeah, so. Yeah, the, the hustle. A lot of people, if you're not in the art world, just getting gigs, especially just starting out. Mm-hmm. Like, I just took a four-year break. And I'm just like, oh, no. It's going to be so much work getting back into, like, mm-hmm. the scene. But that just... Having someone call you and just be like, "Hey, come out!" is
1: yeah, it's it makes awesome. Your whole day, it's, it's so awesome. That's fun. And
0: I, another thing, why I do a lot
1: of shows too is I, I very like barely, barely say you know no. Mm-hmm. Well
0: like,
1: yeah, um, well, it's original. it's it's always a yes. I think I, yeah. I I turned down like maybe two in the five plus years I've been doing it. And the one was, I was under the weather, and the other one was, it was conflicting with something else. Yeah. So, I mean, but if I can do it, I'm going to do
0: it, you know. My favorite artists are the ones where, if you watch a documentary, their calendars are full. And if they have a day off, they're just pissed. <laughs> I, I love the the hard work and the work ethic that goes into it. I,
1: I like that, too, but I, I'm not pissed if I have a day off Uh, (laughs) for sure i mean that's it's
0: a day off is definitely welcomed yeah yeah especially when you do so much when you're you're you have a life outside of art you have you have to work hopefully one day art will take over the work but you know there's so much that you have to do artists have to rest too yeah for sure but when you're at these events and you're live painting Like, I already know what I'm going to do when I'm getting on the stage, and I have a million Mm -hmm. plans to kind of, like, fall back on. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, like, crowd control, playing the songs, ditching them. Too many people go to the bar. When live painters come up, this is something I'm always, if I see anyone live painting anywhere at an event. Like, when you go in, are you just, I'm going to take my canvas, I'm going to put it up, and then it is what it is. It's art. Whatever you interpret Um, it, you have a plan. Usually I have a
1: plan just because live painting is much different obviously than painting in my yeah. studio In my studio, I got days, weeks, whatever. I can take my time. I can, I can paint something, let it dry mm-hmm. where when I'm live painting, I like to get the piece done that night, you know? So with it, so, you know, five, six hours that event is, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I want to body ended the night. I, I like to have the piece finished. Mm-hmm. So I do different techniques and i don't do i do different detail work and stuff like that because a lot of times i'm working wet um which you have to that's do a when challenge i'm sure painting, yeah um, i mean you don't have to finish it it's not like i have to finish it i just personally want to finish it yeah you for know sure. i mean cuz i've sold a lot of them that way like i finish it you know and i've had people come up i've watched you paint that the whole time and they instantly buy it they buy it wet and it's great but so I always try to finish it because I could sell it, Yeah, Yeah. And but there's different techniques that I do when I'm live painting versus when I'm at home in the studio. What
0: different techniques are you using? Because to me, I'm, I'm just watching in awe because I don't know how well, you're doing of, that.
1: Well, a lot of times um, I'll have something already, like the background will be done. Mm-hmm. And it will be sketched out for the most part. And then it's just like almost like a paint by number. I hate to say it, but it's almost just bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and because I'm working wet, I'm not um, allowing. There's certain things I can't do. It's like, complicated to explain, but yeah. versus
0: uh, being in a studio, but I love it though. I love it. That that's it's nice uh, to hear. I've I've always wondered whenever I watch, like, is the artist really like loving it? Because it feels like the pressure is on to finish it. And
1: you know, when I first when I first started live painting, I would I would I felt a lot of pressure. You know. I was nervous. I mean, I I When get you it, first do any kind of performative work, right, right. anxiety is going to be there. And people like, but people ask, like, um, why, like, how, how do you, you know, how are you able to stand up in front of people and, and, and paint and stuff? And I'm just like, I don't know. You just do it. Like, you, you just do if it. You love it so much. One good thing was with me is like, a musician has to stand on stage and like face the audience. Where I'm painting, my back is towards the audience most of the time, so it's like, you know, but yeah, I mean, you just do it. I I tell people all the time, like, you know, I never painted a wall till I painted it, you know, I never painted a table till I painted one, or I never painted, you know, a canvas till I painted one. Like, you never do anything until you do it, (laughs) so just do it, you know.
0: And he's doing a lot. He just did all this victory show at Hambones that when we talked didn't happen yet, but as you're listening to this podcast happened.
1: Yeah, so I, do, how, um, how yeah, I do. I um, do.
0: I do a lot of, um, of Liz's shows. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, is it, does it feel different when you're doing something like that as opposed to like an album release show? Or Yeah.
1: Is it... Yeah. Um, like the, the show with Liz, that's going to be like a more of a laid back atmosphere. It's a smaller venue, you know, it's, um, a lot of open mic and acoustic stuff, whereas like a, an album release, it's more of like a concert venue, you know, setting and, you know, a whole different vibe. Yeah, and mosh pits and beers and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit in like loud speakers. I, I actually, um, so I did a, I did a, a live, um, painting and it was, um, at uh, well, it's Cosmo now, but it used to be what was it called before Cosmo? I remember. Uh, anyways, yeah, and I was right up against the stage. Or there was a speaker, and it was there. It was they were playing bass music. Like there was a DJ, and he was playing bass. It was mm-hmm. like, and my canvas was like, oh no. Brr. And so I'm like holding it. <laughs> why I'm painting it because it was so, the, the speaker was just blowing my canvas off. That day. is not. I mean, it was, a great, it was a great it was a great show, and I yeah. wanted to be. I, I, I when I do a live painting, I try to be up front. You know, sometimes in certain like you know events and stuff, you can't do that. But I like to be up front. Um, you know, well, the handburn show, I won't be. I'll be, I'll be in the back, but still. You yeah. Know? So, like, I'll put up with the whole speaker thing and, you know, go in death for, like, three days afterwards.
0: Earplugs. I have so many earplugs. I, I will come over here. I will give you records. Mm-hmm. I'll give you earplugs. You'll be set. <laughs> Thanks. For, like, a month. And if I don't see him before his exhibition starts, I'll just bring him there and leave him in a corner. I- I'll tell him what corner. I'll DM him. I'll do something we cycle back around to the exhibition and he gives a little bit more insight into what's going on before we ultimately end our conversation. And I mean, once again, it, it's just, it's being talked up to be something that is absolutely brilliant and something that I, I really think the, the Pittsburgh scene means realistically. There's so much graffiti um, in the area and murals have really taken over parts of the area. And it's, it's just very nice to see a, a resurgence of that sort of and to have it in a more traditional sense as an as an exhibition is just something that just it's it's blowing my mind. To even I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, just just listen. I will bring them over. But you got you got Liz. You got uh, the solo expedition coming up. Do we have a venue for that? Do we have a date? We do not that we should have look a venue or a
1: date for that. But it I'm planning hopefully this summer. <laughs> Okay. into like spring summer sometime 2020 yeah 2020
0: yeah. actually no by the time this airs it's 2020 happy new year <laughs> happy new year <laughs> and uh hopefully this year we get a, an expedition i'm i'm excited yeah. for whatever it is it's just fusing graffiti and train sounds great and
1: yeah and um so a couple other things with that event is i'm gonna uh, have a sculpture mm-hmm. done and then i'm also gonna have a model train set too very nice with, and uh with uh freight cars painted by local graffiti artists
0: okay. so that'll be part of it as well i am pumped for that and I, I also read uh on the the instagram that you were looking for music um a playlist of music for the event if you have any train or graffiti style type songs and want to be played dm me, please no explicit language first of all shit i don't have any graffiti or train songs to give you so i'm sorry but are you still looking for music is that still something that's happening Um,
1: yeah i'm I'm looking for more of like a like local music um i have like i actually have a playlist that i've started for this um that has a lot of local talent on it Mm -hmm. as well as national acts but If there was any local bands that had a train song or a graffiti song or something along the lines, maybe a song about both, that would be awesome. Um, Are you looking for specific genres or any genre? So this this, so this playlist I have, it's got hip hop on it, it's got rock, it's got punk, it's got metal, it's got, you know, singer songwriter. It's so it's all over the board. But um, yeah, I'm actually looking for local local
0: artists too contribute a song maybe Okay. Something, so, yeah. hit him up contact him if you're an artist and uh, you want think you have something that fits the real question is for the National Acts how many times does Drops of Jupiter by Train appear on the playlist? None <laughs> real artists right here we have Steve Pierce thank you so much for joining this interview you're welcome and thank you to you for watching and our members and this has been PGHR Talk for PGH Museums thank you thank you and thank you for real. Regardless of whether you're a member or just someone who's supporting us in any way that you can, you can go to our website at pghmuseums.org and there's a calendar option. If you click it, the second Steve announces a date for the show, it's going in the calendar. It sounds wonderful. Speaking to him was wonderful. And uh, stay tuned because we have even more artists and uh, people in the creative field to speak to at PGHR Talk. This is RJ Cozain, and again, I mean, all I can say is thank you, and uh, check out our website, pjhmuseums.org. See you next time.